0: Story Hour Audio Adventures presents Zack and the Pangalactic Starflight Racer, Chapter 1, Space Racer. The harsh sunlight glared off the small spaceship as it tumbled slowly through space, above a small blue planet. Powerless and out of control, the streamlined ship brushed the planet's atmosphere. Falling more rapidly now, the hull began to glow as the oxygen-rich atmosphere was compressed in front of the careening craft. Within seconds, the ship was a fireball as it hurtled towards the planet's surface. Zack sat at the edge of his sandbox, examining the broken dump truck. He had accidentally kneeled on it and it had broken into several small pieces. The axle had broken, and bits of plastic and electronics had fallen from a small recess in the bottom of the truck. Zack held the truck in his hand, his small fingers rubbing the pieces as he eyed the damage. He turned the truck over and placed it on its back so the damaged sections of motor and gearing were exposed. Zack began reassembling the pieces. As he held the pieces in his hand, he could feel their function. He could feel intuitively where each piece belonged. Almost like magic, the metal bars and springs, the plastic wheels and motor assembled beneath his nimble fingers. Within moments, the truck was fully reassembled. Good as new. Better than new. Zack smiled as he realized that annoying squeaking sound the truck had made was now gone. Zack had always been able to fix things. Zack could tell just by the look and feel of the pieces what they did and where they fit. Zack was 10 years old and a little short for his age. His sandy brown hair was a bit too long and hung over his eyes just a little. He enjoyed going to school, playing with his friends, and taking apart anything he could get his hands on. Zack looked over at his dog Bowser. A large, good-natured mutt, Bowser had stopped its incessant chewing to sit up and stare at the sky. Zack was impressed. Not much ever distracted Bowser from chewing. It would eat almost anything it found. Zack's mom once threatened to sell the dog to the garbage dump if it ate another one of her shoes. Eventually Zack had bought a bunch of dog bones for him. As long as the hungry dog had a bone to chew, he left the shoes alone. A whistling thunderous sound distracted him from his thoughts. High in the sky above him, he saw a fireball, like an enormous meteorite, screaming toward him. Before Zack could react, it flashed overhead and disappeared into the forest that ran behind his backyard. Zack waited for the booming crash and explosion as the meteor hit the ground, but there was nothing. No thunderous crash as the trees were crushed beneath the meteor. No detonation as something the size of a bus slammed into the ground with explosive force. Curious, Zack stepped over his now-forgotten sand city and walked over to the forest behind his house. Zack wandered through the forest, expecting to find a long strip of scorched earth and shattered trees from the meteor impact, but found nothing. As Zack crested a small hill, he gasped at the sight of a strange silver alien ship. Saucer-shaped and half buried in the ground, the alien ship was about the size of a school bus. It was clearly damaged in the fall to earth. Small panels built into the side of the ship had popped open, leaking the blue glowing goo As Zack approached, he saw two thin gray legs sticking out from beneath the crashed alien vessel. The strange creature must have fallen out and been crushed by the ship. Oh no! At the noise, the legs twitched, and a thin voice issued from under the rocket.
1: Oh great! Now a local creature has seen me! Go away! I don't taste good!
0: The legs seemed to flow from under the rocket until a completely flat, gray-skinned alien lay on the ground in front of Zack like a sheet of gray paper. It saw Zack and spoke again.
1: Oh, perfect. A human. A primitive creature native to this planet. Only marginally evolved beyond its original ancestral ape-like form. Ew.
0: With a slight hiss, the alien's body expanded like a balloon until it filled out into its small, round shape. It stood, brushing the dirt from its knobby knees. When it stood upright, it was about as tall as Zack. Completely grey from head to toe, its arms and legs were thin and wrinkly. Each hand ended with six fingers that seemed to bend in any direction, making Zack a little queasy to look at them. It wore only a thin grey pair of shorts that were torn a little at the bottoms. Its head was large, round, and bald, with overlarge eyes that never seemed to blink. With a shake of its head, the alien focused on Zack. The strange grey-skinned alien stared at Zack for a moment and then, holding itself as high as it could, spoke again.
1: I am the great and powerful Zingle. Behold my awesome power. Tremble as your primitive mind tries to understand my massive intellect. Escape while you can, and do not tell anyone of my... Whoa!
0: The strange alien slipped midway through its impressive speech. It toppled over and rolled down a small hill into a thorny bush.
1: Ah, oh, splorch!
0: Zack watched for several minutes as the alien struggled with the bush. Its large
1: head seemed to be trapped between the branches. Um, can I help? No, no, I'm okay. I am the great and powerful... old sock blaster!
0: The wrinkly gray leg sticking out of the bush went limp as the alien gave up struggling and lay still, defeated.
1: Okay, look, help me out of this cursed botanical entity and I won't destroy your planet.
0: Zack reached down and twisted several branches on the bush until the alien's head was released. It stood up, brushing clumps of dirt from its torn shorts, and began walking back to the ship.
1: Okay, well, thanks.
0: It's very nice to meet you. I've never met a real alien before.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Very impressive. Oh, oh, my Fusikorian Bladwurts. Look at my ship. It's completely ruined. How am I going to get off this horrible backwater planet now?
0: The alien poked at the open panels, sending sparks into the air as another component short-circuited.
1: I can't fix this. I'm stuck here. No! Oh, no!
0: Slowly the alien deflated again to paper thickness and lay flat on the ground. Are you okay?
1: Oh, just leave me here. Let me die in this horrible stinky planet. I'll just wait here in the forest until I'm eaten by a shark or something. Oh, come
0: on. It's not that bad here. And I don't think you'll find a shark in the woods anyway.
1: Well, go find a shark and bring it over here. I'm stuck on this planet. I might as well get eaten. Look at my arm! I'm probably so tasty!
0: Why Why can't you leave? What's wrong with your spaceship?
1: I crashed the thing, don't you see? Clearly the cross-beam interpron pulse generator is broken. Oh.
0: Hey, it's okay, maybe I can help. I'm really good at fixing things.
1: Oh, right. A primitive creature from some backwater little planet is going to fix my ship.
0: I'm um, really good. Let me try. The little gray creature reinflated and slowly stood up. Zack held out his hand in greeting to the alien. "Hi, my name is Zack." The alien looked at Zack's hand for a moment and then finally poked at it with a long gray finger.
1: "Zingle, foremost champion pilot in the Pan Galactic Starflight Racers."
0: "You're a spaceship racer?
1: A Pan Galactic space racer? That's awesome. Were you racing when you crashed? I was practicing. The race is tomorrow." If I don't get my ship fixed, I won't be able to join the race.
0: Zingle pointed to a mass of tubing and wires at the back of an open hatch. Many of the tubes were broken, dripping blue goo onto the wires. Small sparks flew whenever a drop of goo touched an open contact. It doesn't look too bad.
1: Ah, punny human. You know nothing of philantic drives. Your planet is so backward, you probably still use carbonic crystals for power.
0: Uh, carbonic what?
1: Oh, it's worse than I thought. Just go back to your cave and invent fire or something!"
0: The alien slumped to the ground and cradled his oversized head in his arms. A low, sobbing, humming sound came from the alien as it rocked back and forth on the hard ground. Zack rolled his eyes and reached into the open port on the spaceship. He carefully avoided the blue goo and picked at the small boxes and wires at the back. Zack closed his eyes and let his fingers dance over the components, feeling for connections and contacts. He loved this. He could almost see the components with his fingers. Automatically, his fingers categorized each piece as he touched them. He didn't know what the pieces were exactly, but he could guess their function. A circuit breaker here, a power junction there. This one routed power to other sections of the ship. Zack stopped. Each of the little units hummed with power, a kind of tingling in his fingers that hinted at extreme and dangerous energies. This one felt different, though. Its hum was muted, softer, and out of sequence with the others. He removed the component out of the maintenance hatch and looked at it. It was a small black cube, shiny and crossed with zigzagging lines of light that pulsed feebly. He held it up to show the alien.
1: Hey, what's this? Oh, what are you doing? You can't take that out of the ship. It's very delicate. If you just look at it wrong, it'll melt. You're not even supposed to touch it. <sighs> okay, little ape boy, give me the nice shiny and I'll give you a banana. Come on now. It's okay. I can fix this. Look.
0: Zack reached down and, ignoring the alien's panicked moaning, gently tapped the side of the glowing box on a log. The little box suddenly clicked, and the soft glowing lights pulsed brighter. It began to shine brightly, making it difficult to look at. You did
1: it! It's working! Put it back in the ship!
0: Zack reached in and replaced the small component. There was a click, a pause, and the whole spaceship began to glow, and a throbbing humming sound emerged as landing gear extended from the vessel, lifting it off the ground. Once in position for takeoff, a small door opened and a ramp unfurled from the vessel and lay on the ground.
1: Ha ha! I'm off this rock! Goodbye, ape boy! Call me when you invent the wheel! How did you fix this? I don't know. It just felt broken. And you fixed it? Hmm. Well, thanks, little humanoid.
0: Zinkle turned and strode through the doorway. Zack stared at the spacecraft, amazed. He had just met a real alien, seen a real alien spaceship... He had to see more. He had to know how the ship worked. Had to see what else was out there in space. The ramp leading to the open door began to lift, preparing for takeoff. Zack made his decision. He leaped onto the ramp as it lifted off the ground and dove through the closing door and rolled onto the ship. Before he can get his bearings and figure out where the little alien had gone, Aurora filled the hallway and he was pressed hard to the floor by the spaceship's sudden acceleration as it blasted into space. After several moments, the pressure of takeoff lessened and Zack found he could stand zack examined the alien hallway the roof was low just a few centimeters above his head an adult wouldn't have been able to walk upright the walls, ceiling and floor were gleaming white and covered in a network of thin gray lines like circuitry tiny blue flashes of light like sparks traveled the network following the thin lines like a highway zack touched his hand to the wall his hand sank into the white covering like a sponge. When he removed his hand, a deep red handprint remained, which slowly faded to pink, then green and yellow, before returning to its original white. Zack walked slowly down the hallway, taking it all in. After a moment, Zack heard voices. The alien was talking to someone, or something.
1: No, sir. Everything is fine. The ship is running like a dream. If you don't get back here to the starting
0: line by tomorrow morning, you won't be allowed to race. If you don't fly the race, then you can't win the race. If you don't win the race, you and your sister go back to Odd Bad Planet. You have one chance to get your sister out of that place, and you'd better not mess it up. Get it?
1: Of course, sir. No problem, sir. Don't worry about a thing. I'll be there. You better be.
0: Zack stepped forward into the cramped pilot's room. Hey,
1: I... Oh, 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 my feeble flanger, you scared me! I thought you were a tuomorph! What are you doing on my ship, humanoid? I snuck on board.
0: I wanted to see the inside of the ship.
1: Oh, great. Biggest race of my life and I have a wild ape boy on my ship. Well, I can't take you back to your planet now. I have to get to the starting point before the race begins. Look, just don't touch anything. I'll get you a bowl of water and a litter box in a minute. Do you think you can hold on for a few minutes while I lock down our course?
0: I'll try to be careful.
1: Good, good, good. Hey, what's Odd Bad Planet? Eh? Huh? Oh, you heard Master Zondafor. He owns this ship. My sister and I live on Odd Bad Planet. It's not a nice place. Imagine an entire planet covered in active volcanoes. It's hot, smelly, and covered in ash and lava. On the whole planet, there is only one place that can support life. A little miserable island. My sister's there. If I win this race, Four becomes famous, and my sister and I get to live anywhere we want.
0: That planet sounds awful. Maybe I can help you win this race.
1: Oh, sure. A human is going to help. Your species is barely evolved enough to stand upright. You won't be able to help me. Trust me. Oh, wait, that reminds me. I better get you that litter box.
0: After several hours of travel, Zingle and Zack arrived at the starting line for the pan-galactic starflight race. Hundreds of spaceships of different designs orbited the planet, jostling for position, waiting for the signal to begin the race.
1: Oh, thank the seven moons of Strider. We're on time. This is Star Racer 70102765B. We are ready for starting signal.
0: We copy 70102765B. You have been placed at start position 651 Alpha. Please proceed to start point. I see you made it to the race on time, Single. I will tolerate no more foolishness from you. You win this race, or you and your sister will never leave that filthy molten planet. Zingle sighed and sat back in his pilot's chair, rubbing the smooth skin on top of his head. Don't worry, we can win.
1: I hope you are right. I can't go back to that planet.
0: Beginning start signal in ten flutter spots.
1: Strap yourself in, ape boy. You are in for the ride of your life. This is gonna be great. Maybe we'll win the race. We'll be lucky if we even survive the race.
0: Zingle simultaneously pushed three buttons on the dashboard and pulled back on the main throttle. The ship lurched once and then fell silent, slowly drifting sideways in orbit as the other ray ships rocketed away from the planet, heading for the first checkpoint.
1: Ah, oh, crab monkeys, what is wrong with this thing? Zack detached his
0: restraints and knelt down beside the main console. I heard a noise in here. Zack opened a small panel and, inserting his arm up to his shoulder, reached for a loose cube covered in thin wires. He pulled it loose from its socket and held it up. What's this do?
1: It it, it makes our air, you hairless ape! Put it back in there!
0: Zack reached back and reinserted the component. As he did so, he brushed against a small wire protruding from the side of the panel. What's this? It must have been knocked loose by your crash before. (laughs) Feels like it belongs...
1: here. You did it! We're back up and running! Quick, sit down!
0: Zack had barely strapped himself into his chair when the little ship burst forward, rocketing away from the start line, chasing the glow of the ships racing ahead of them.
1: Well, simple creature, I don't know how you fixed it, but you've already been a bigger help than you know! We might even live through this race after all!
0: As the small race ship blasted through space towards the first checkpoint, Zack could see why Zondivore had wanted Zingle to pilot the race ship. Zingle was a skilled pilot his fingers danced across the ship's controls like a pianist and the race ship responded instantly as they slowly passed the other ships zack discovered that zingle had not been joking about being lucky to survive the race space racing was far more dangerous than zack had ever anticipated the other racing spacecraft were outfitted with a variety of dangerous weapons an energy weapon like a laser or incinerator ray would attract the attention of the officials monitoring the race but no one would notice a small grappling hook or a diamond line that could yank a ship out of control as Zingle skillfully maneuvered past the other racers, he had to veer wildly to avoid a variety of attacks. A glowing race ship, sleek and powerful-looking, lofted globs of purple goo at them.
1: That is Barzalu Phineas's racer. He is the galactic champion. He always wins, mainly because he always cheats. If that goo comes in contact with the ship, it will stick to the hull and ooze around, searching for heat. When it finds a rocket exhaust, it will plug it up, causing irreparable damage.
0: One racer, shaped like a doughnut with spikes, threw what looked like oversized furry starfish at them. Zingle panicked when he saw them floating towards him.
1: Ah, oh, the seven spheres of stevedore? I don't believe it! They're using chewamorphs! Hang on! We have to get out of here!
0: But they're so cute! Zingle wrenched at the controls, causing the sleek race ship to tumble wildly. Zack held on and closed his eyes until the wild maneuver stopped, his brain taking several more seconds before it stopped moving as well. <laughs>
1: The Chuomorphs missed us! We're in the clear!
0: Zack watched as a group of pink starfish swept past their viewscreen. Too late, the pilot of the neighboring race ship noticed the approaching cloud of hungry Chuomorphs. The ship swerved, but several floating pink fuzzy creatures landed on their hull. Immediately, puffs of light blossomed around the edges of the vessel. A small capsule zipped away from the race ship like out-of-control fireworks. What was that?
1: Those are escape pods! They can't stop the morphs from destroying their racer, so they've abandoned ship!
0: Zack watched as a small group of chewamorphs crawled over the hull of the ray ship. Within seconds, Zack could see gaping holes left behind the chewomorphs as they ate the metal hull. Moments later, a puff of air escaped and froze to ice crystals as the inner cabin was opened to space. Ten minutes later, only the group of chewomorphs remained, calmly floating through space. As far as Zack could see, nothing remained of the once pristine ray ship. Wow, I can't believe they ate the whole thing.
1: They could eat every spacecraft in this race and still be looking for a snack afterwards. They seem to be completely indestructible as well. Nothing seems to stop them. They just keep eating and eating. That is why they are the most feared creature in the galaxy.
0: By the time Zingle and Zack reached the halfway checkpoint, they'd actually gained a lot of ground. They were now in eighth place, and the following morning would start the final leg of the race among the best racers in the galaxy. The racers were now allowed six hours to get some rest and effect repairs on the ship before the final race to the finish line.
1: Well, you've actually been a big help, but now you should go and have a rest. I've put out a little basket for you beside the litter box. Go rest while I guard the ship. Guard the ship? Why? The racers sometimes use this break period to damage the other ships. We don't want anyone to sabotage us while we sleep.
0: Zack left the cockpit and walked down the narrow corridor till he found an open door. Inside the cramped room, he found a small box on the floor with a blanket and a bowl of water beside it. Zack sighed and crawled into the box and pulled his blanket over him. Hmm. Kind of comfortable. Zack was roughly awoken by Zingle's voice calling through a speaker mounted on the wall of his room. Human, get up here! We have a problem! Zack leaped from his basket and stepped into his water bowl, spilling it on the floor. Muttering under his breath, Zack ran to the cockpit of the small racing craft. Zingle angrily slapped at switches and panels on his dashboard, muttering to himself,
1: "Oh no, no, no!"
0: A glance at the large view screen at the front of the cockpit showed the race ships accelerating away, starting the race. What happened? Why are all the ships leaving? They're starting the race. Well, why aren't we going? We're supposed to leave before those guys.
1: They sabotage my ship. Very tricky. I've been on the lookout for other racers or mechanics, someone who might try to damage the ship. I didn't think they would be so reckless as to release a real chewamorph in the middle of a space station! It could destroy the entire complex!
0: One of those things that eats everything and can't be stopped? Here on the ship? Zingle tapped at a sub-monitor on his control panel. The screen showed a pink fuzzy starfish sitting on the hull of their eraser. Smoke drifted lazily from beneath
1: it as it ate the metal hull. Correct, primitive sub-creature. Right this minute it's eating through the skin of our ship. Soon it will eat through the power conduits and then we will lose power and life support. Then it'll eat through the entire racer till there's nothing left.
0: How long do we lose power?
1: (sighs) Just a few minutes. It's been eating the hull for a while now. It won't take much longer. Well, how do we stop it? I told you, simple creature, nothing hurts it and nothing stops it from eating. Oh, come on. There has to be something we can do. We just can't give up. You are a simple creature from a primitive planet, so I don't expect you to understand. Nothing stops a Chewamorph.
0: Zack slumped to the ground, defeated. He would never get home. He would never see his parents or his dog Bowser again, all because of a puffy pink starfish. Thinking of Bowser, Zack almost grinned. Bowser was almost as bad as a Chewamorph he kind of missed finding half-chewed books under his bed. What kind of dog ate books? The only way to keep his school books safe was to distract the dog with bones to chew instead. Zack jumped up and hit his head on the control panel. Ow, ow! Ow! Wait, wait,
1: wait! Do these chewomorphs like eating some things more than others? Well, sure, they love Ziridium. But if that's not available, they'll eat anything else! Well, what if we
0: dropped a big block of this Ziridium on the side of the ship? Won't they eat that instead of the metal of our hull?
1: (sighs) Single-brained primitive. That might just work. It wouldn't stop it, but it would slow it down. Maybe enough to finish the race. Hold on, I know just who to call.
0: Welcome to Ziridium Barn, where you can fulfill your every Ziridium dream.
1: I'd like to buy 750 quantludes of Ziridium, please.
0: That's a lot of Ziridium. It'll be expensive.
1: Charge it to account number five one five four two eight seven a 124987 a 652244 b 226128 slash p It's on the money. He can afford it.
0: The funds have been cleared. Delivery will commence. Now, I've had this iridium attached to your vessel so you can carry it with you. Have a good day. Zingle launched the sleek racing ship off the docking platform and maneuvered away from the space station. Within minutes, they were once again speeding along the raceway. Zingle activated a monitor to show the Chua
1: Morph crawling along the hull of the ship towards the block of Ziridium. Well, my lumpy simian, you may have just saved us after all. If we can keep that Chua Morph busy for the next six hours, we might just win this race!
0: Zingle pushed the very limits of the small racing craft to catch up with the other racers. As they gained on the leading ships, Zack expected more attacks, but the vessels veered away as they approached, leaving a wide path for them to pass. Why are they letting us through? Aren't they going to attack us again?
1: Ah! No one wants to get close to us with a chewamorph on our ship! They're afraid it'll jump over to them and eat their hull!
0: Finally, with agonizing slowness, the other racers fell behind, until only Phineas, the pan-galactic champion, remained in front.
1: Ah, oh, we might just win this! If we can get past Barzalu's ship, we're home free! I'm finally going to get my sister off that lava planet! Things are finally working out for...
0: The ship shuddered and the lights turned off, plunging them into complete darkness. A moment later, dim red emergency lights switched on, giving Zack enough light to see Zingle poking at the buttons on the console.
1: Wow, we've lost power! Something's happened to the ship! It's the Morph. It's eaten all the Ziridium, and now it's eaten right down into your room! We're doomed it's going to eat the whole ship and leave us floating in space. Ah, oh, we've lost. Ah, oh, you should have fed me to a shark when I asked you to.
0: Zack made his way out of the cramped cockpit and down the single hallway. Zack jumped back when he stepped around a corner and spied the chewamorph on the floor. It did look like a pink starfish, Zack thought. It sat about a meter across, with ten legs covered by rippling pink fur. Its mouth, Zack assumed, must be underneath, for there was a small trail of smoke issuing from under the creature as it ate the floor. Zack heard Zingle walk up behind him and moan.
1: Oh, for the seven sons of Prender, I can't believe I'm this close to a chewamorph. We're all doomed! I don't know, it's kind of cute. Is there
0: nothing we can do to stop it?
1: Haven't you been listening? It eats all non-organic material. Nothing stops it! What does
0: non-organic mean?
1: It eats any non-living material. Metal, glass, plastic, polycarbonated, non-particulated census matter.
0: So it won't eat us.
1: Oh, that's disgusting. No, it won't eat us. But when our spaceship is eaten away, we'll be in just as much trouble. Can you live in space without a spaceship or a spacesuit? Naked in space is not a good way to travel, you know.
0: Okay, well, just pick it up then and don't let it touch anything non-organic. Lift it up.
1: You want me to do what? Don't you know how dangerous these things are?
0: Not dangerous to us. Pick it up and hold it away from the ship and it will be fine.
1: I can't do that. I think I'm going to be sick.
0: Do you want to win this race? Do you want your sister off that horrible planet? Yeah. Then pick it up and give it a big hug. Zingle slowly reached down and touched the pink fur of the Chuomorph. The fur rippled slightly as the Chuomorph moved in response to Zingle's touch.
1: Ow, oh, no one has ever done this before, you know. morphs are one of the most feared creatures in the galaxy. "'We don't know how it will react. "'It might attack me or melt me or something.'
0: "'Zingle eased his fingers under the spongy body "'and slowly lifted it up off the floor. "'The ten legs immediately wrapped themselves around Zingle.
1: Ow. Oh, it's disgusting. "'It's all slimy under that pink fur. Ow. Oh, oh. ugh. <laughs> "'It's trying to chew on me. D- "'Does it hurt?' No, oh, I can't eat organic material. It's it's tickling me. <laughs> we we have to get going again. <laughs> I can't hold this thing up forever.
0: Zingle, staggering under the weight of the chewamorph attached to his chest, moved back to the ship's cockpit and sat down. Still giggling from the attention of the hungry pink starfish, he activated the diagnostic controls of the racing ship.
1: <laughs> oh, all oh, this is really bad. <laughs> We've lost all power and life support. <laughs> ate through all the regulating subsystems and have cut us off from the power drive unit at the back of the ship. <laughs> we don't have enough power to keep us alive. <laughs> we're, we're, we're stuck down here until we run out of air <laughs> or freeze.
0: <laughs> Feeling hopeless, Zack walked back to the hallway, stopping at the section of flooring damaged by the chewamorph. It had eaten through the floor to a compartment below, exposing what had been the power controls of the racer's engines. The Chihuahua's powerful acid, which it had used to eat the metal, had melted the equipment in the compartment, reducing it to piles of slag. For the first time in his life, he was faced with something he couldn't fix. Zack sat at the edge of the hole in the floor and leaned back against the wall. Even if he could somehow fix this mess, they could never catch up to loose ship that was even now racing to the finish line at Spark and Planet. This hadn't been the grand adventure Zack had imagined when he jumped on board the race ship. He'd wanted to meet advanced civilizations, see wondrous astronomical sights, and become a pan-galactic racing champion. Instead, he'd slept in a box on the floor, and now their ship was so badly damaged they'd be lucky to get home, let alone win any races. It's not fair.
1: What's not fair?
0: Zack turned to see the alien pilot, the large pink Chua morph gripped across his shoulders like a backpack. Zingle was no longer giggling madly, but his face twitched a little as the hungry alien continued to tickle him. We're not going to win.
1: No, we are not. It's not fair. Everyone else
0: cheated. And now you're going to have to go back to that lava planet.
1: Well, we did our best. And we can be proud that we did not resort to cheating. Such behavior is for lesser beings. Without your mechanical abilities, we would have never gotten this far. Pfft,
0: mechanical abilities. I can't even fix your ship. All the control systems have been melted by your pet there. Zingle absentmindedly scratched along the Chuomorph's legs, causing it to wriggle and coo in pleasure.
1: Oh, Fluffy didn't mean to eat the control subsystems, did you? No, you didn't. You're so cute. Yes, you are.
0: You named it Fluffy?
1: Well, yeah. I have to call it something.
0: I thought this was the most feared creature in the
1: galaxy. Yes, it is. But it's also the cutest. Yes, you are. We don't really need the control subsystems so much, you know. We really just need to get the engines firing. It's a straight run from here to the finish line. We don't really need to steer so much, just go really fast.
0: Zack sighed and eased himself down through the hole in the floor and examined the components littering the compartment. Running his fingers along the control systems, he identified switches and power relays. Many of the blocks felt cold and empty, damaged beyond repair by Fluffy's powerful acid. Oh, hot! Oh, oh, what's this black block thing? Zingle peered down through the hole in the floor.
1: That is the main power relay.
0: And if we short circuit that relay?
1: Well, if you reverse the relay, the engines go to full burn. Then we explode.
0: Well, that would make us go fast, right?
1: If we live through this, I'm taking you right back to your own planet. You're too dangerous for us simple aliens.
0: Zack wrapped the sleeve of his jacket around the steaming power relay and pulled it away from the circuit. He then reversed its position and held it above the socket. Are you ready? Zingle reached back and held tight onto the Chuomorph. Do it! Zack slammed the relay back into position, and a roar filled the tiny ship as sheets of superheated gravity waves ripped tracks into the fabric of space. The spacecraft groaned and creaked with strain as Zack, Zingle, and Fluffy were hurled upwards and pinned to the wall. Fluffy nibbled curiously at the light fixture. This is Bars Phineas, to Raceway Control, approaching finish line in 10 flawless spots. Get that prize money ready for me.
1: We're going too fast! We're going to explode! Climb down and turn it off!
0: Uh, What?
1: What an amazing finish! Zonda4's
0: race ship, piloted by newcomer Zingle, has won the Pangalactic Star Strider race, narrowly beating up favorite Barzalu Phineas. An incredible come from behind victory for Zingle. Can someone send a repair team out to Zingle's ship? I believe they are about to explode. Now, let's talk to the very surprised loser of this race Barzalu. What
1: do you think? I'll begin the paperwork to transfer you and your sister to New Galactina, the vacation planet immediately. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir.
0: After that incredible win,
1: you deserve some prize money, too. Really? Thank you, sir.
0: And I'll use that money to start paying off the iridium you bought to my account. Oh. You can owe me the rest. Now, get back to Our Bad Planet and start backing. Zingle switched off his radio and turned to Zack, a smile creasing his gray face.
1: We actually won! I can't believe it! We're finally getting off that horrible planet. And it's all because of you. If you hadn't helped me, I would have never won that race. Thank you.
0: No problem at all. It was fun.
1: Well, let's get you home.
0: Yeah, My parents must be freaking out. I've been gone all day and night.
1: Well, not really. When we travel in, in space, time sort of gets stretched. To your parents on Earth, we've been gone about 10 minutes. Space travel is a bit sticky that way. If that repair crew did its job, we'll have you home before your parents even notice you're missing.
0: With the ship repaired, the trip back to Earth was short. They landed softly in the forest clearing and a small ramp extended to the ground. Zack stepped down onto the forest floor and then turned to his new friend.
1: Thanks again, my friend. I really owe you one. Here, catch. What's this? A deep space communicator. If you need help, give me a call.
0: Oh, Thanks. Well, see you later. Have fun in your new home. Oh, I will. Zack backed away as the ramp folded itself back into the alien vessel. Slowly the ship rose and within seconds it disappeared into the sky. Zack thrust his hands into his pockets and, grinning, walked back to his home. No, Mom, really! I did go into space! I helped this alien win a pangalactic race! I was the mechanic! Okay, dear. It all sounds very exciting. I'm glad you had fun with your alien friend. What's that? Oh, it's my communicator! Look, Mom! Here's my deep space communicator! Hello? Hello?
1: Ape Boy? Is this the Ape Boy? I need help! My sister and I are trapped on odd bad planets. We've been double crossed! Zandifor trapped us here and put us in jail! You have to come and help us!
0: How? How can I get to you?
1: I've taken control of a remote control ship. I'm sending it to you now. Just get on the spacecraft and it will take you to us. Just don't make it mad, okay?
0: Mad? How do you make a spaceship mad? Hello? Hello? Zack's mother looked at him and smiled. Are you going to go off and play with your little friend? Alien mom in space! Okay, well, whatever you're playing, you have to be back by 8 o'clock. Alright. Zack grabbed his coat and a cookie and ran out the door, heading for the backyard. As he ran, a bright light flashed overhead, slowed, and then lowered into the forest. Zack grinned. He was going out to space again, to Odd Bad Planet. A miserable, dangerous planet. A planet covered in lava. To break into an alien jail, probably get caught and thrown into the lava. Oh boy. Written and read by Michael Taylor. Additional voices provided by Jackie Lazon, Natalie Swerda, Jen Sidlowski, and Monique Parker. This story and audio reading is protected by the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported License. This means that you are welcome to share this audio with others, but you cannot alter the audio nor use it for commercial purposes. Please subscribe to Story Hour Audio on iTunes, or visit www.storyhouraudio.com for other exciting Story Hour adventures.